Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. The peace of Christ be with you. you. We welcome you to First Baptist Church. It is good to see you. It is good to be together. I want to welcome all of you who are joining us on Zoom and YouTube Live and all of you who are here in the sanctuary. So we're going to pass the peace with each other with the folks who are at home. So Harper, if you can throw up the uh, gallery view, and then if you'll just wave to those folks and those folks wave to you folks and say peace to each other. Very well. So it's been a long, long journey, but it feels like we keep getting closer uh, to some sense of normalcy, and we are very grateful uh, for that. And it is especially good to see so many of you this morning. May we now join our hearts and minds together for the worship of God as John Spinks leads us into worship by ringing the Trinity. if you'll join me in the call to worship. We sing from the depths of our sorrow. We sing in voices separate and unique. We sing with one May the words of our mouths, whether in speech or song, Be pleasing in your sight. Amen. Amen.
Praise to the Father. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this day and pray that you would make your presence felt and bless our time together. We come from good times and bad times and from all different types of lives. We ask that you relieve us from all the stresses and clutter we carry. We come seeking forgiveness, seeking friendship, comfort, knowledge, quietness, or we just come. We're here to sing, to learn, to talk, to love, and to be loved, and to praise your name. Let us forget all our past troubles and concentrate on and be inspired by your word. Bless us with the inner peace we long for. We pray and ask that you lead us now into this time of praise and worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. responsive reading is Psalm 92, verses 1 through 4, 12 through 15. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. To the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, The righteous 
flourish like a palm tree, and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. In old age, they produce fruit. They are always green and full of sap. Our scripture today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 17. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we tried to persuade others, but we ourselves are well known to God. And I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. 
We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. For we have, if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Mark 4, 26 through 34. He also said, the kingdom of God is if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout out and grow. He, he does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with the sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom, kingdom of God or what parable we, will be used for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it grows, is sown and grows up, it becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The word of the God of our Lord. Do you catch that last part there? Jesus spoke to them in parables. He only spoke to them in parables. But he explained everything in private to his disciples. Now, I don't want to question the wisdom of Jesus, but... I don't know about this parable thing. I mean, personally, I, I like parables. But they are not the clearest way to communicate. Parables can be confusing. And if we want to be honest about this thing, I'm not sure we need any help with being confused. I mean, sometimes we're not the brightest bulbs. Right? Or however that thing goes. I can't remember. Right? I mean, I don't know. You offer this parable and you leave it up to us to make sure that we figure this thing out? Maybe a fable is what we're really needing instead of a parable. Now, now fables are, are different than parables, and fables are really handy when you want to offer some good advice or you want to teach some moral uh, lesson or some practical wisdom. You, you remember the tortoise and the hare, right? That's a fable. And the lesson there was slow and steady pays off. Perseverance pays off. It's a good lesson. The boy who cried wolf. You remember that one, right? Another fable. The, the point of that one is honesty is the best policy. Good, good advice. And we could use such advice. And Jesus does offer some of that kind of practical wisdom in his teaching, but he loved to teach with parables. And the truth is, parables aren't fables, even if we try to make them out to be. Parables are kind of a different sort of monster. Eugene Peterson said that parables are these little narrative ticking time bombs. He said you hear them tick, and then you wonder about them 
tick. And then you think, oh, maybe I've got it. And then another tick. And then you walk away, and maybe over the course of a few days, you think, oh, yeah, I've got it. And then boom, it just kind of goes off. And you think, oh, oh, that's what that was all about. And it's not so much to offer wisdom to you as it is to kind of disrupt your thinking. Especially you're thinking about God. Parables are there to sort of jolt us and sometimes challenge what we already thought we knew about God or what we knew about the world. They're meant to be explosive. They kind of blow up our thinking. And they remind us that God's ways are often strange. And that sometimes God's ways are even offensive. So if I'm honest about it, if we're honest about it, I think we probably would prefer fables, right? Nice, reliable, moral lessons. If you do A, then you'll get B. That's kind of how the fables work. Now, sometimes parables do give us an explanation. In fact, if you go back to the very beginning of this chapter in Mark, there's a very clear explanation about the parable of the sower. That's what we call it, the parable of the sower. Jesus explains the whole thing. That's probably because he knows we need a little help sometimes connecting the dots. Oh, so that's what that means, right? Okay. But you know, here's the thing. Jokes work better when you don't have to explain them. I had a good friend of mine, and I can't tell you how many times he would tell a joke to his mother and then he would have to explain it. And he was funny, and it's not that she wasn't funny. They just had very different kinds of humor, right? Very different senses of humor, and he'd have to explain it to her. And that just sort of, you know, takes the punch away when you have to explain the joke. And that's kind of the same way it is with parables, right? I mean, I know we need the dots connected for us. I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, right? We need the dots connected, and yet if you connect the dots, if you explain them, it just sort of takes the punch away. So I thought what I could do for the sermon was to simply reread the parable. I could just read it, give you no commentary. We'll sit here until the bomb goes off. <laughs> and then we'll go home. But you probably know I can't help myself but to kind of explain a little bit, right? And to kind of explore a little bit. Uh, this one about the mustard seed I just think is, is really interesting. It's this little parable, pun intended by the way, right? It's this little parable and it's, I think, trickier than we might imagine. Now if you're reading the mustard seed like it's a fable then it has a very clear, straightforward meaning. And this may indeed be the meaning. God can grow small things into grand things. That, that may be exactly what that parable means. God certainly can do that. God certainly does that. But I'm not exactly sold that that's really what this parable is about. Now, when, when Tommy read that text, none of us started laughing when Jesus said the kingdom is like a mustard seed that someone took and sown in the field. 
I think that means we probably didn't catch the joke, he said. Now, I like mustard. I, I like most any kind of mustard. I like plain mustard on my hot dogs. I like brown, spicy mustard. I especially like lusty monk mustard that's made up this road in Asheville. If you've never had it, you should try it. Someone gifted me some not too long ago, for which I'm very grateful. I also like honey mustard, so I like the sweet stuff, too. I mean, mustard's good. But the truth is, it is very strange for someone to actually plant mustard in their field. Mustard was actually an invasive species. It, it would really sound like this. The kingdom of heaven is like a dandelion. Or the kingdom of heaven is like crabgrass. Or the kingdom of heaven is like kudzu. <laughs> yep, kudzu. Exactly what I imagine the kingdom to be like, right? Kudzu or whatever uh, weed it is that most ir irritates you, put it in there. And that's really probably what it would have sounded like had you have heard Jesus tell that parable. Because mustard plants were wild and invasive. And, and in fact, in the Jewish Mishnah, which was a, these oral teachings that eventually got written down about the Old Testament, it forbid the sowing of mustard seeds in your garden because, I quote, they are useless, annoying weeds. Useless, annoying weeds. Weeds that grow into a bush. Not a tree. Some, some translations translate that tree, but it's, it's bush. That's not what we think of when we think of the kingdom of God, is it? <laughs> Kudzu? Crabgrass? I mean, we can talk about kudzu because if you look, like if you cut a hole in the wall, you see it's a big old pile of it just right across the street, right? It's kind of all over Tron. In fact, and it's just a nuisance. In fact, the only people I know who have kudzu on their property, they just want to get rid of it because it just kind of takes over. In fact, when I was a kid, I used to hear, I, I think I believe this until I grew up a little bit, there was this one place in North Wilkesboro where there was this, it was just thick with kudzu. And my dad told me, he's like, I came through here yesterday. And he said, it wasn't even on that side of the road. And I was like, Really? He's like, it, grow, it grew across that power line last night. And I was like, holy cow. It kind of seems like it, though, sometimes, right? That it can go that quickly? Now, I'm not sure the kingdom grows quite that quickly. But I don't know. There might be some insight. There might be some insight here from the kudzu. Because if we're honest about it, if we're willing to admit it, the kingdom might be a bit invasive itself. It might start off like a small little weed. Maybe it even looks pretty for a little while and you think, yeah, I think that's good. But if you don't watch it, it, it might take over. It might take you over. You see, we live in a world where might makes right. 
and where wealth is valued more than wisdom and where greed is often thought to be good and where you're instructed to do whatever you have to do to get ahead. You just do it, whatever. You know, it's just business. And there's this way of Jesus. There's this kingdom ethic that keeps pushing back on that. It says, not so fast. Easy now. I mean, Jesus just didn't quite fit all of our expectations. When, when the big crowds would show up for Jesus, what did he do? He would go off and be alone. Instead of some big, grand production, what did Jesus do? He washed feet. Rather than seeking power, he seemed intent on giving his up. Jesus wasn't concerned about what we would call success. Instead, what Jesus was concerned about is faithfulness. Offering mercy, healing the sick, embracing those who are forgotten and left behind and left out, and riling up the religious establishment. He was really good at riling up folks like us. You might even say that Jesus was a bit of a weed himself. And they thought, they thought that they could get rid of him. We'll just get rid of him. But it didn't quite work out that way, did it? You see, the way of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, it ultimately will not be stopped. It won't be stopped. I mean, if I were probably given an image of the kingdom, um, I probably wouldn't use kudzu, right? I, I, might, I might look out the window this way and talk about those big oaks we have and how beautiful they are. If I were going to use a tree. But you can take a chainsaw to that oak and you can take it down. It'll be a long time before it comes back. You can take a chainsaw to dandelions and crabgrass and kudzu and just let me know how that works out, right? Besides looking like a ridiculous person out in your yard with a chainsaw, just tell me how that works out for you. Because these weeds, you just can't get rid of them. They just keep popping up all over the place. They're relentless. And so is God. Little by little. Little by little, in ways that are seen and in ways that are unseen, God is at work. And often not really in the ways that we would expect and maybe not even in ways that we always understand. I mean, the text says it this way. It says the, the kingdom of God is as, is as someone would scatter seed on the ground and they'd sleep and rise night and day and the seed would sprout and it would grow, but he doesn't know how it grows. I don't know how that works. I mean, even if you understand all about the natural world, right? You don't really know how that works, and you certainly aren't the one who's making it work. You might be tending to it, doing some work. But there's something beyond that that is really making it work. You see, God works in us and through us and oftentimes in spite of us, but the deal is it's God who is working. Now, that doesn't mean that 
we don't have work to do. That doesn't mean that we just sit on our hands and watch the world go by. God has called us to scatter some seed, right? But don't ever forget, don't ever forget that there is a one such as God. And God is the one who is growing the kingdom. You can trust that. You can trust that. It's the good news. Amen. Let's continue in a spirit of calm and silence. And before we begin our prayer this morning, let's just simply be still.
Use this time to simply rest and trust in God's provision, in God's goodness, and in God's love of you in this world. Let's be still together. Lord, we are grateful that you are relentless. We're grateful that you won't let us go. And we're grateful that whenever we do slip away for a while, that you welcome us home with open arms. We are grateful for this one called Jesus who came and lived among us to show us how to live and to show us who you are. And we pray that you might empower us so that we can be his people. So that we can be your people. Your reflection in this world that is broken and hurting. A world that cries out for reconciliation world that longs for healing. Help us to be agents of healing. Help us to be healed ourselves. And we pray especially for all those who need your healing and who need your hope. And I invite those of you here in the sanctuary, if you want to offer the names aloud of those who need that hope today, if you'll offer that name out, then I'll repeat it so that everyone listening online can hear that request. You may do so now. Edna Cox. Edna Cox. David Bauman. Scotty Thong, Daniel Sapp's brother. Tim Dempsey. The family of Quentin Weber. Mike Smith. And for those of you on Zoom, if you have uh, names of those who need healing and hope, I invite you to unmute yourself and offer their names aloud. Joe and Rita Smith. And now I invite those of you at home to unmute yourselves and those of you here in the sanctuary, let us join our voices together to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy, thy name. name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come thy will, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass, trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. It has been good to worship with you, those of you joining us online and those of you here in the sanctuary. It's been good to be together to worship on this Lord's Day. A couple of announcements. Uh, I do want to remind you that there is a Sunday school out on the playground every Sunday through the summer for uh, kids ages 2 through kindergarten. That's just over across the street at the playground. Also, there's a summer calendar that you've seen uh, probably in emails and those kinds of things. Just a couple of those dates, the tubing trip for kids and the rafting trip for uh, uh, youth, that's happening fairly soon. So I think uh, this week, at the end of the week, is kind of your deadline for those events. So if you'll get in touch with Jacob about rafting or Jody about tubing uh, by the end of the week, that would be grateful. We had a wonderful time playing trivia last week uh, outside the church. And our, I have to give it up for our youth team. They were the winners and uh, we had uh, a good time sharing ice cream, but mainly just catching up with each other. It was great to be with each other. We'll do that again um, on July the 11th, and uh, it'll be homemade dessert. So you can bring us something special to eat, and we'll enjoy each other's company. Um, so it's been wonderful to be together and to see you this morning. I hope that your day and your week is a good one. If you would now, stand for the benediction. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord, and as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen. So if you're in here in the sanctuary, I'm going to ask that you exit uh, outside to catch up with everybody instead of hanging around in here. I'll be back this way, but please feel free to get outside and catch up with folks, and I look forward to seeing you. And if you're here on Zoom, uh, 